Hey everyone, and welcome to Men from Moto. Today we have two Moto experts with us tonight, talking about M13 Limited. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. One of them is Kenji Egashira. You might know him better as Numatanami. How's it going, Kenji? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good. So, um, where may people have heard you uh, before? Um, there are a few things. Uh, I am a frequent visitor of Limited Resources podcast, uh, hosted by John Laux and Marshall Sutcliffe, if you've uh, heard about them. I also post videos on YouTube, and I will start posting more videos on a few other sites uh, in the near future. All right. Hopefully, I'm going to get you to post them on my site, some of them. That's right. And then we have, on, on the other end, Josh Frankel otherwise known as Soul Bush One. Um, he also does videos for, for another site. What site would that be, Josh? I do some uh, videos frequently for uh, draftmagic.com. I've uh, been doing that for a couple of years now, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of cool, though. Like, when we went to the Syracuse PDQ together, someone actually recognized your name. Yeah, that was, that was funny. Uh, it, was, it was in the 1-3 table or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I don't know if it's like, a good oh. thing or a bad thing. Yeah, but but no, it was still cool. Yeah, it happens every yeah, once in a while. Because both of you are like those crazy moto grinders that nobody has ever heard of, like who follow like strictly real life magic. Like, who are these guys? <laughs> but people who actually play moto like frequently know who you guys are and respect uh, you guys a lot. So what we're gonna talk about this episode is actually. I just wanted to record this call. This was a call that I was going to make to you guys anyways, uh, discussing my first impressions of M13. Uh, because among my circle of friends, a lot of people think that I'm horseshit bad at limited. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and taking this opportunity to hopefully, um, I imagine both of you have drafted M13 somewhat, gained from your experience. Um, so we'll get right down to it. Uh, one of the cards that I tweeted about uh, yesterday, I think, was something that I just didn't know where to evaluate. Um, I'll talk about, I'll say the card's name and I'll talk about how I feel. And then I'll ask you, uh, Josh, first for your opinion. So the card is Mark of the Vampire. And uh, in many drafts where I was in black, I would see it pass by and I, I just didn't know uh, exactly where I would want to draft it. Um, it's obviously a high variance card. It's um, a lot of people suggested it in decks that obviously have a lot of evasion, or when you want to play uh, Tormentor Souls, or I forget the la- Tormented Soul. But I don't like to play uh, decks with that card anymore. It's not like M12 where there were Bloodthirst creatures, so I'm not really into that. And of course, the downside of Mark of the Vampire is removal, bounce spells, what whatnot. But then again, it's one of the best cards probably to rip off the top and uh, probably takes over the game. So how do you feel about that card, Josh? Um, I actually, I, I really like this card. Um, I feel like there's kind of, there's this sort of, I don't know if the right word is stigma, but like people don't like to play cards like this because we know, we know that it's an aura, <laughs> you get these two-for-ones, whatever, but... but I mean, this is this card. If if when you land this, if they don't have the answer, they pretty much just lose. It doesn't have to be on a. I, I agree with you. I'm not playing Tormented Souls ever. 
it, it can just be on a three three, and it, they they just can't. You can't you can't race this card. It's not like, and you can compare it to like tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade, you can still race. Where you know they get the plus two plus zero unblockable, but you can still interact and race. If they don't have removal, they're <laughs> they're they're pretty much dead, right? Like, so I, I there is it is high variance. You have to you have to know when to drop it. You don't want to drop it into you know five mana open on their side. But later in the game, <laughs> you, you 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 pair like in Blacky of things like Mind Rot, Ravenous Rest. You can set up a situation where you can you're in the clear. You drop it and. They, they've got to draw something fast. I, I like the card a lot. I've had good experiences with it. Kenji? Yeah, I, I agree. It, it does have high variance, and you don't want to run it out onto some you know, empty board when they have uh, some mana up, because you can just get easily blown out. But like every <laughs> turn that they don't deal with it, if it's on the board, they just get progressively and progressively so far behind because of a <laughs> lifelink, you know? And uh, to be honest, there aren't too many ways to uh, necessarily deal with it at least uh, enchantment removal-wise. I mean, I guess White has, like, War Priest of Thune, or whatever it's called, uh, Oblivion <laughs> Ring, Pacifism, you know? And those are all fine main, de- main deckable cards. Uh, but just some colors just have so such a hard time dealing with it. Like, Red has almost no answers, if any, I think, if, if, I'm, uh, if I'm looking well, right here. Well, other than killing the creature, but, like, you know, if it's big enough, turn yeah, to slide, exactly. maybe... Like, yeah, or like uh, a volcanic geyser for X or whatever that X might be. <laughs> yeah. um, so my question would be like, so we, we definitely think that we all agree that the card has power, but um, a lot of people say they would only draft, they would only want probably one in their deck. So how high are you guys drafting this? Is this like a mid-pack pick, Josh? Uh, yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. I mean, I'm not going to take it over a removal spell or an above average creature but i mean i'll take it over if i'm if i'm in if i've made some sort of commitment towards black i'll i'll take it over like an easily replaceable creature like for example like a you know like a 3-1 exalted or ravenous rats or i'll take it over something like that i'm not going to i'm not going to take it over a dusk hunter bat but <laughs> Kenji, you're on the same page. Uh, I'm. I mean, I almost. Pick, I think this card wheels quite a bit, fairly often, at least in the current uh, limited metagame. Yeah, you always. You can even last pick it. Yeah, sometimes. that's that's what I'm saying. So I almost take everything else above that first, just because I know I'm usually going to be able to pick one up if I really need to. I usually don't like playing probably more than one of them. Uh, but I'm one of those people that's a fan of Tormented Souls, so Ew. I don't know what to say. Ew. <laughs> Ew, Kenji, are you still playing M12 drafts? Talk about so, like, even... why? Why do we just just out of curiosity? Why? Why? What's why, the purpose why... of playing a one-one that can't block? <laughs> I love you, Josh. <laughs> see, the thing is, it's unblockable, though, right? And in, in black, black and white are the only colors that have exalted. So it's not like it's it's going to be irrelevant. It's going to be relevant. Can we go off on a tangent here? Sure. Um, like, what do you think of? Black white exalted. I don't think this is a good deck at all. I think this is a horrible deck. I think exalted's cool. Like exalted's a good good ability, but I don't like the idea of just playing like ten ten exalted creatures and then a torment. And just checking with one every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, What's it's that? just really limiting on your on your attack options. You know. Yeah, I don't think it's the best deck, but I do think <laughs> it's it's very strong if you get the right pieces. Like both knights, the glory and infamy. But they're just the awesome no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right, but I, also, black white has some of the strongest um, 
removal packages that you can get in this in this format. I think. Oh, I think black white's a fine archetype. I just I I, I this kind of thing like you see you see people just playing like twelve exalted creatures, no matter how good they are. Like you know you, they have a board of bunch of O twos, O fours, one ones, and and they have one exactly one possible attack every turn, and you know it's it's super predictable and. I don't think that's the direction you want to go with white black. Just pick up every exalted well, thing possible. Well, Kenji, like I think my question is then is do you think Tormented Soul is basically the best in the black white deck? Is that what you're saying, Kenji? Um, it's certainly it's it's probably uh, near the top of its of its game. Yeah, in the black white deck. <laughs> Josh is like even at that, it's shit. <laughs> I'd prefer not. I, I mean, not that I'd never run it. I mean, I would. I'm willing to recognize the deck that wants it. I just don't want to be that deck. Well, I mean, the, like sometimes you end up in that deck. There's only there are only two creatures with Exalted that have you know more more toughness than they do power, right? Just the Wall of Guardians and the uh, the O uh, two, the Duty Bound Dead. Well, my, my my problem is with Exalted is not the power toughness ratio. It's it's the it's more the power like. You, if if you have like if you have a board of like seven creatures, you want to have or not even seven like four or five. You want to have the option of attacking with three of them and that still being reasonable. Uh-huh. Not you know not like they know they can they can just they they know exactly where they stand in the race when when you have the one attack per turn kind of thing. Like they just save that on summon or whatever and then just completely take over the race. No, but see, that's the nice thing. If you're only attacking with one dude, then you're gonna have that many extra blockers on the on the back. Yeah, but they're not. They don't. None of them block well. I mean, they don't uh, have I, good blocking options. That's true. Well, no, I, I don't think so. I think a lot of them are good blockers, but definitely some of them are. I think it's an even split on ones that are good blockers and ones that you don't want to block with. Yeah, but I mean, okay, like, we'll move on yeah. to another card. Right. Next card. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You guys can go on forever <laughs> about the merits of black-white. Um, hopefully our listeners can pitch in. Do you guys like drafting black-white? Let us know in the comments. The next card I wanted to talk about is something... It's a card that made a big impression on me because of uh, seeing it in play for the first time in a team draft. Um, my my teammate was playing against this card. Is Roaring Primadox. It's the 4-4 four, four, uh, for 4, I believe, where you get to bounce... A creature uh, back to your hand. It's obviously aggressively costed, and the reason why I thought uh, it looked really good is because um, uh, my uh, my teammate's opponent at the time had a bunch of these like creatures that had abilities when they came into play. However, after that, after drafting this guy myself, I felt like it was really hard to make him actually work. Um, and I would have to do these bounces that I otherwise wouldn't want to do. So um, I'll start with Kenji this time. What do you think about this guy? I think he's very good. Uh, four mana, four four, and he you know only one colored mana symbol in his requirement. Uh, you know it's obviously not very good when you're in a racing pos- or not sorry not a racing pos- when you're down on the board or when you have a creature that's uh, pretty hard to bounce. Like you don't want to bounce. Another four mana dude, another five mana dude, unless you have like a pack leader on the board to really, to really get some synergy. But again, uh, I think he's very good because there are so many decent uh, green creatures that have come into play's ability, and green has a ton of the uh, cheap creatures anyway. I'm not saying Bond Beetle is amazing, but that's a certainly a fine <laughs> viable target. 
uh, along with you know acidic slime, elvish visionary, uh, what's it called, the elvish elvish force mage. Those are all one through three drops that you're perfectly happy bouncing. Uh, I think it comes down early enough that if they do use a removal spell on your upkeep, you know, with the trigger on the stack, so you have to bounce two guys or whatever, or himself as well. I still think uh, he's very good. Do you, Do you think that you have to? Because I, I played, I drafted him pretty early in one draft, and I just couldn't get enough uh, comes into play to creatures and, to support him. And he and he it ended up feeling like he was um, my worst card in that particular deck. So, so how many do you think there's should be like a minimum amount of these support creatures? I like I had to play Bond Beetle just to make it better. <laughs> well, well, Bond Beetle's fine. I think if your curve is low enough, you can just play him regardless of not if you have any creatures that have any come to plays ability. Uh, Josh, what do you think about this yeah, guy? I, I actually agree uh, 100% with Kenji. Yeah, Tormented I, Soul! Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I still don't want to play Tormented Soul, but I mean, yeah, you, you, you don't, like, obviously, you, you, ideally, you have a couple of enter the battlefield abilities uh, to go along with him, and, but, I mean, yeah, as long as you have the Arbor Elves or whatever, he's still, he's still a pretty big body for the cost. Uh, he he gets really exciting too when you pair him with other colors like you get like Dusk Hunter bats and yeah. Archeomancer. That's that's the dream I think. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's really Not good. He's one of the beetles. better. I mean, Bond Beetles fine. I, I I wouldn't want to play like four Bond Beetles because <laughs> oh god, <laughs> go nuts with them. <laughs> but, but you know, I'd throw in a Bond Beetle, sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You I mean you kind of have to keep him in mind. Yeah, because like I said, I thought he was the worst card in one of my drafts because uh, of how I ended up drafting the deck. I only had maybe Bond Beetle, one Force Mage, and um, the Red Shaman guy, who's not really that great to replay because <laughs> um, the other guy ends up having no hand um, to, for me to steal a card of. So, um, but yeah, I think you guys are right. I mean, at the very worst, he's a four-four defender, right? That comes back to your hand. Like he holds like up a lot of stuff, even if even if you have, don't have any other creatures to bounce. Yeah, yeah. So, um, moving to a tangent, what's the craziest thing if you guys have experienced with the shaman that I'm talking about? Oh, I have, have a, you guys sorry. done any filthy things? I have a ridiculous story with shaman. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Really ridiculous. Okay, I'm, you get ready. Your mind's gonna be blown. Okay, maybe not. I'm I'm hyping it a bit too much, but so here's what's going on. Um, my opponent plays a shaman. I'm playing this control deck, like it's it's Grixis control, um, mainly blue, black, splash, or red. Anyway, he so he plays a shaman. I've done nothing. Like I've done nothing but like use a couple removal spells. So my hand is murder, <laughs> unsummon, and spell twine. Oh god! Oh god! Okay, and he okay, and he has he has no spells in his yard, so he does, he doesn't take the spell twine. Because he can't cast it, all right. But so he takes a murder and he kills like I had some idiot on the table. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the game goes on. We 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 play some cards. I'm I, I get a flyer on the board. I'm I'm picking away at his life total. He's playing a bunch of lands. He has these two cards stuck in hand forever. Okay. I'm I'm just assuming that they're spells because as soon as he plays a spell, I just blow him out with spell twine. So anyway, what happens is he's dead on board the next turn. He drops a tenth land. He essence so he goes essence drain, 
on his own shaman. Okay? And then he plays the reanimate spell, whatever whatever Rise it's from called. The grave. Yeah, yeah. On to get his shaman back, take my spell twine, and then cast, you know, two spells from the yard to, to survive a few more turns. I thought that was a really cool play. Wow. He was like saving up for that. Like, th- like he had these cards stuck in hand and he was saving up his mana until he can finally drop both of them. <laughs> I still won the game, but, but it was a really cool play. Anyway. <laughs> Spell twine. That's my favorite um, card in the set, by the way. Okay. Anyway, just <laughs> a lim- side note. Oh, yeah, it's insane. It's completely insane, this card. Um, my, my best shaman moment came like last night, uh, you know, typical blowout where the guy has three cards and one of them's a mine rot. So just yeah. like totally <laughs> wipe his hand <laughs> completely. And they were two business spells too. So that felt really good. Um, I mean, the shaman is really good against certain decks, but I feel like obviously it can be totally dead against some where you just seen like nothing, but dudes and you're like fuck i have a two two for five you think you always um, main deck the shaman that's a good question i th- so far i have been but I, so far i have been as well um kenny g any thoughts on the shaman just call me kenny g <laughs> no i said ken g <laughs> oh it sounded like kenny g saxophone over here <laughs> uh i have not been main decking the shaman i usually relegate him to the sideboard if i see a decent t- a number of targets which I, I, I guess there are usually going to be pretty good targets um, in any case for draft or sealed, but I'm not a huge fan of that card. Mm. I've certainly been I, blown I can out. See him being the sideboard. I've certainly been blown out by it, but <laughs> I think like in this format, even like the white green decks, they have like the soldier token maker and stuff like yeah. that. Like every deck has spells, so I mean you don't want to top deck it super late. Against Montex, but it's it's so variable. It can either be insane or just a blank. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, I do want to talk quickly about. Um, start with you, uh, Kenji. What do you think about the rings? And do you like? Do you think one of them is you know significantly worse than the other rings? Significantly worse. Uh, I think my favorite one is the green one, just because. Okay. When paired with green, you know, green has all the fatties and whatnot. And uh, giving your guys trample plus making them bigger seems like a pretty good uh, pretty good synergy there to me. Um, not to mention, you know, green has... You can just instant win with the green hexproof dude. I forget, his, primal hunt beast or whatever it's called. Right? You know, the 3-3 three, three hexproof dude, you just equip a ring, sit back for a few turns. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have, like, a death touch dude or some random pump spill or something, they just... Game over. That's same with Tricks of the Trade and uh, Primal Hunt Beast. Going off on a little side note there, um, <laughs> I think the worst ring is probably the red one. To be honest, let's see: Black's Regeneration, White's Vigilance, Blue's Hexproof, Green's Trap. Yeah, I think think uh, the the red one is the worst. Uh, red has a ton of like the swarming type of creatures, you know, like mm-hmm. Franco's Commands or whatever, just pooping out a lot of one ones, two twos, or random mog flunkies, flunkies i suppose but uh making them or making one of your creatures in a red deck huge is not generally gonna be that much of an issue i think and a lot of the okay. red creatures already have some pseudo haste ability built into them like um there's the reckless brute sure but just any creature with 
with an ability like we were talking about the mind claw shaman that's kind of a, a pseudo haste you know if you if you're able to cast a spell even arms dealer coming down with five mana you're able to blow up a guy beforehand or something so i just don't think the red ring has been all that uh all that do good you, for me do you still play all of them do you still draft all of them pretty highly even though that's like the worst one or do you think um you would draft the four uh high, like significantly high I don't draft them too highly. I think I usually take them about the four through, four through seven range. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even later, sometimes like there are plenty of cards that I'm going to take over the rings. It just depends on what type of deck. Although I think with the red ring, I'm usually passing that one almost every time. <laughs> Josh, thoughts? Um, I I really don't like the rings at all. The black one well, is the only one that I think is something I actively want in a draft deck. In Sealed, it's a different story. Sealed, I think almost all of them are probably going to be play- playable in the right if you're heavy enough in the color. But in draft, I think it's, this is just way too slow of, a, of an ability to, to really want to, 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 to actively want to draft. Like, I, I mean, as a 23rd card, I'll play some of them. I mean, the green one, <laughs> the green one could be fine because Trample is, actually, is, is, is a relevant ability. But yep. like, the, I mean, the, the the black one's the exception. The black one, uh, it's cheap to move around, and you know you can put it on an attacker, swing, regenerate him, put it on, then move it to a blocker, and have the blocker ready with regeneration. I think, I think the black one is the exception because the ability is generally going to be useful and it's cheap enough to move around. But uh, as far as growing your creatures, like, because that's really what you're playing it for. Otherwise, right. like, it, with the exception of the green in some decks. You're, uh, it's it's that's really slow. Like I, I, I don't know. I I don't want to invest a card and three turns into you know getting a few pl- a marginal, mm-hmm. getting a few plus one plus one counters. I don't I don't think that's uh, a winning strategy in in, in the draft. The draft format can be quick enough, and it, either either the either the other decks are fast, they're aggressive and fast, or they're just full of removal spells, and so they're just gonna. Take advantage of all this time you're wasting trying to grow your guys. I, that's just my take on them. I don't. I don't. I rarely play any of them except for the black one. Hmm, that's interesting because I I I, I don't I find it hard to evaluate these cards, and I was initially impressed by them. Um, the one that disappointed me the the, the least is, is not the red one. It's actually the blue one. Uh, when like I have a deck where mana is pretty tight and having to mm-hmm. pay two. To make sure you have to dodge removal, I thought it just gave hexproof. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I, I have to pay two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been insane. I have to pay two. I mean, I don't always have two. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can um, I? I'm gonna so audible I, I, my choice. I'm gonna say that the black is probably the best, but green is my favorite. That's fair. You can't agree with Josh. We agreed before <laughs> the show. You have to disagree with him on every single <laughs> thing. Sometimes it's really tough to disagree with me, though. To be honest, he he likes the black one because he wants to equip that shit to tormented soul. That's Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Think about that. <laughs> Actually, Can't I lose. think I've won a game. I've won a match with that that combo. That combo's backbreaking. <laughs> backbreaking. Oh, I, you gotta give it in th- like six, seven turns. You you might win the game. <laughs> no man, it's cumulative. It's like bam, 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 and then I got some <laughs> one blood under bet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. If you throw Dusk Hunter bat in the mix, I'll give it to you. There you go. See? And Man, Josh really loves that card. <laughs> I think I think you have to think the rings or you have to think of the rings as kinda like 
a chronomaton almost. You're right? Because for chronomaton, you have to keep uh, paying one every turn to do it. And it's getting, you know, incrementally one, one, one every time. And the rings are almost the same way. You put, you know, the down payment of one to equip it to the creature. Plus, you get an added ability. And then every upkeep, it goes one, 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 right? Yeah, but it comes, uh, chronomaton or whatever, he comes to the body. <laughs> I mean that's that's a that's a big plus for for him I think like you're 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 spending a slot in your deck for yeah a pretty a pretty marginal and slow effect it's it's not they're not it, it, except for the black one it's very rarely going to have an immediate effect on the board and so like when are, when are you finding the time to drop this are you going turn 3 on your 2 drop is that worth your turn that 3 that sounds pretty saucy to me I don't know. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'd rather I play. I love it. that you guys disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd rather, you know, I'd, I'd almost always rather just spend those turns playing a creature and developing Probably, the board that but way. I still like that turn three. I guess it's not the worst. It's better than not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> we are in accordance. Yes. <laughs> See there. there we go. <laughs> Actually, well, since we're we're about to hit the half hour. Our mark and you just mentioned the card. Um, we're going to talk about this card briefly, quickly. Uh, Chronomaton. What do you think about that card, Josh? Uh, I um, totally undervalued, uh, like undervalued him at first. He's he's actually really good. I think he's great. Uh, just like uh, easy one drop. He's going to grow, become relevant when you have the spare mana. Uh, I also really like him with uh, what was, what's that trading uh, trading post? He's really trading good with trading post. Posts. Yeah. yeah. As a side note, that's not going to come up all the time, but anyway. why? Why tra- uh, elaborate? Oh, why trading yeah. Post? So with trading posts, because you know how it goes. Like, so for trading, trading posts is is a card that you don't want to play in every draft deck. But uh, I found if if you're controlling a controlling deck and you have some cheap artifacts, you can really grind some good card advantage at getting chump blockers and recurring creatures. So like the fact that he's a creature. And he's an artifact, it, it can help you on both ends. So you can sort okay. of chain him with another artifact. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's a... I like him in that deck, but... My, yeah, my impression of him is, is funny. It's just, like, playing against him, and then, like, I have a hand where I have, like, a premium removal spell, and, like, as it grows, I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to yep, use yep. this spell on this guy, <laughs> and not on a bigger guy that I should be waiting for. Yeah. I have to kill this guy. He's, like, a 5-5 five five now, so... Um, what do you think about him, Kenji? Yeah, I also agree. I think he's very good. I think everybody's <laughs> underrating him, at least. So I, I think people are coming around to it. But he, the fact that he comes down on turn one means that he's usually going to outgrow most of the things as long as you know you keep pumping them um, <laughs> that your opponents are going to play. And the nice thing is, you know, you can, if, like if you've pumped him up to a 3-3, you don't have to keep pumping him. You can just attack randomly and then play something else as well. So, yeah, I think... I think Chronomaton is very good. Yeah, it took it took me seeing him a couple times on the other side of the table before I respected him. Yeah, <laughs> stop are, growing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you tap out already and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't leave one mana up. I don't want it to grow. <laughs> so it seems like we've come to the conclusion that the rings may be overrated right now in, in drafts and the Chronomaton underrated. Um so our listeners can take advantage of that. Um, we'll end the show with um, maybe if you guys have a quick little story you want to say of a game that you guys played recently. I just want to mention 
uh, my blowout, uh, how I got blown out, when I was playing against uh, a Sands of Delirium deck. Yeah. Man, those decks are pretty crazy. Um, so I board in, so we, we go, we're 1-1, we go to game 3, I, I sideboard in and naturalize, and at one point you play Sands, I play a creature, he taps out for a creature, uh, which I'm happy because I'm, I have naturalized in hand. Um, so I naturalized the Sands, um, but to my dismay, he ends up dropping a trading post later on, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> that was total blowout. So he just sacks some random dude, brings his sands back, and kills me very easily with the sands. So, um, like, when he played Trading Post and I started reading it, I'm like, this is absolutely absurd. <laughs> I, I, I just killed the sands. I killed his main win condition, and I'm still going to lose. So that was my blowout. What about any stories from you, Josh? Quick stories. I wasted mine. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, pass. I'll come come back to me. <laughs> okay, Kenji. Just uh, one quick one. One quick one. Okay. So I've had this happen to me, and it it was good for me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna state that right now. So I'm attacking into my opponent, right? And we're racing and whatnot. We have a ton of creatures. He's in red, so he's got all those dumb Cranko's commands and whatnot. He, oh, he has uh the Cranko on the board, so he's been pooping out dudes. But I've been racing him because. I'll, I'll be honest, he was a suboptimal player. This was online, though. So he was just making <laughs> terrible blocks and whatnot. Anyways, it comes down to a turn where I need to attack, and he needs to make terrible blocks again for me to live. I do so, <laughs> and most of my guys are bigger, because all of his dudes are goblins, right? So he uses his Cranko uh, before uh, blockers are declared, poops out some dudes, declares blocks, and then trumpet blasts. He Trumpet Blasts. Now, Trumpet Blast does not give your creatures plus 2 plus 0. It gives attacking creatures plus 2 plus 0. <laughs> oh my god. So, like, there was a shatter pause for a minute where my opponent sat there after he cast Trumpet Blast, and then he conceded from the game. <laughs> and then he'd, he'd, like, logged off. Yeah, know? that's right. Disconnected. Did he make you wait the 10 minutes? No, no, no. It was his fault. Yeah, he just snapped conceded. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to be satisfied with my story from before. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get satisfied. Okay, so can't think of anything off the top of my head. Gain some insight, and uh, if there's enough interest, I can easily get these two moto grinders. Uh, Snap of <laughs> to, your fingers to, to get away a bit from their addiction to do a quick little show with me for sure. Huh. <laughs> I mean, you guys are the ones that you know. You know when I click on moto names and. And I don't expect the person to respond because I think they just left their computer on. But you guys are actually <laughs> on, right? That's the, that's the big difference. <laughs> Number three on the leaderboards, baby. <laughs> are you All right, guys. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed listening and give us some feedback. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Thanks for having us.